Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Maybe there are different ways to be brave. <laughs> Did you know the, the French have the best carrier pigeons? And this could be the difference in the war. Our message is getting through. They are released at the front and told to go home. This is all they know. But to get there, they must fly over war. Can you imagine such a thing? Here you are flying over so much pain and terror and you know that you can never look down. You have to look forward or you'll never get home. I ask you, what could be more podcast than that? What's the word? Braver. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Griffin Newman with... 25% voice. Mm-hmm. This is David Sims. With 100% voice. Uh, always. A buttery baritone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've got an oily oily throat right now because I just ate a Five Guys burger. Uh, David has been shugging olive oil <laughs> since entering the studio. Yeah. Um, this is a podcast called Blank Check. Oh my God, your voice is terrible. I'm going to do all the talking. Okay, I'm going to go to a it's deeper blank, register in order to make my voice check, less Griffin difficult Griffin and David, sound. this is our okay. miniseries, Pop Me If You Cast. It's about Steven Spielberg. Sometimes they bounce, baby. Yeah. Oh, come on, it's David. It's about directors. You could do better than that. Nah, not really. Uh, yeah. We're talking about Steven Spielberg's movies. Producer Ben, Ben Deucer, Peeper, Funkmaster, not Professor yeah, Crispy. Ben's here. He graduated to different titles. <laughs> Producer Ben Sait. Kenobi Shyamalan. Let's just do, this should be a short episode. Yeah. I mean, people are going to hate listening to me <laughs> on a purely surface level in this episode. We have a great guest, Pilot Virowit from Vice yes. and my friend. Uh, no. Many, many. Uh, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> and you were on one of our best episodes ever, the Star Wars Holiday Special episode. Yes. Uh, you know them best from the time that we uh, forced our good friend who brought us closer together as friends to uh, watch a movie that they knew they would hate and that uh, uh, we knew they would hate and then... Uh, didn't remember it. I mean, I don't no. know. You know, I Do you remember that episode? No, I forgot I did that. You did yeah. that. I think this we all very room. Right, but it was that was the uh, podcast holiday special. This is podcast horse? Yeah, pod horse. War podcast? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yes. And this this time by request, Pilot. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we're not forcing Pilot <laughs> no. to do this one. Last time, so we... I ran Spielberg by Pilot. The only words were Warhorse. My explanation was a little muddled there, but but just to make it clear, when we were doing the, the Star Wars run, we didn't know exactly what our podcast was going to be after that, how long we were going to keep running, and Pilot is a, you know, a, a, a pivot figure in our, a pivotal figure in our friendship. Yes. It was very important that we had you on. You had not seen any Star Wars films no. at that point in time. No, I think it was right after I watched all of them. Yeah, right. At, right. at the point when where we, we were going to cover the Christmas special. Yeah. But then you you did watch them all. Right. Yeah. You did watch them all. So and said Hayden Christensen I, I was I think I was asleep for like five of them. Right. Sure. And we felt like, oh, Pilot would be funny on the holiday special. Pilot right. would have good opinions on the holiday special. You watched it, kind of. You resented us making you watch it. And the episode was kind of chaos. It was the third episode we'd recorded that day. Was we'd it? gotten in two fights. Yeah, we got in a really bad fight. We were in our pre-Force Awakens. Yeah, no, it's okay. Tension, we don't have to revisit have that. But we throw you Spielberg <laughs> really as a guys. list, and you go War Horse. Yep. <laughs> and when pressed for an explanation, you said horses. <laughs> you well, like no, horses. It's, I, I hadn't seen it, and all I knew about it was that there was a horse named Joey, which I just wanted to watch a horse named Joey. 
Now, did you think this was part of the Friends Joey mythology? Yes. Okay. I assume there's only one Joey. And it is. It is. You know, you watched it to confirm, yes, it is. Loosely. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the the split to Joey's Unbreakable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's sort of a side equal. Yes. Um. No, Uh. so, and then I, I well, you know, I bet I, can't, bet I can't find it. I should go through our message history, but I think... Your response was, that's not what I thought that movie was yeah, going to be about. Yeah, I also forgot to read about what it was. And so all I knew is it was based on like a children's book. So, so I assumed it was like a bunch of like just animated horses or something, like doing a play war and just fake shooting each other and did not realize <laughs> it was like an actual war and a horse. So you thought it was going to be like Bugsy Malone, like with like Kinda. ice cream guns, I, I think I was farm thinking like, minus political weight. I think it was like horses plus toy soldiers is what I was kind of sure. assuming. Sure. Uh, okay. Which you know, all right. So like, I'm gonna let me go through the gestation of War Horse. Right. By the way, the movie you're talking about, a pilot that you want to see, is called Horse War. <laughs> this is War Horse. You picked the wrong one. Horse War is the movie where horses pick up bayonets. <laughs> all right. Wait a second. Actually. The actual gestation period of a horse, I'm Googling, is 11 to 12 months. Okay. But the the novel War Horse was written in 1982, so it was a much longer gestation for mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, that wasn't funny. Um, I, I mean, it was charming. <laughs> I won't even try to sing it because I so don't have the range to Michael Morpurgo, okay. who is a British children's author. Congratulations. He, he wrote a book about a goddamn horse. Yeah. <laughs> he also wrote a sequel. War Horse Two, War Horses. It's, it has. Horse? I think it's like uh, the like grandson now has a horse, but also uh, what the fucking horses? Wait, you have to find a title because I All don't right. remember what it is. But it's not War Horse Two. It's something even dumber. It's called Pal Joey. Right? <laughs> um, he's he wrote a lot of books, by the way. Uh, Are they all about horses? <laughs> no, God, he writes like a book a year. Good for him. Do you know this? Uh, there's this dude who's like a sci-fi author who has his series, his like. Big series, and I use the word big it's relatively. It's called Farm Boy. Ugh. Farm Boy? <laughs> Just FYI. Talk about de-heightening. <laughs> it was written 15 years later. I hope Spielberg makes it. He should film it. What I was going to say is there's this dude who has this series of sci-fi novels that's like his weird version of Planet of the Apes in which bears take over and just become very militant. Okay. And the key book in the series, oh, but they're not actually bears. They're aliens who look like bears. What are you talking about? I, I just wanted to set up this one factoid, Please. which is that the key book in the series is called The Right to Arm Bears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the cover is a bear in clothes holding All a right. firearm. Great. Michael Morpurgo, he okay. writes War Horse okay. in 1982. Okay. It's about a horse that goes to the war. Mm-hmm. Turn your phone off, Griffin. I don't know if it's me, but I'll turn it off. Uh, I don't think it's me. Um, I, this is my Alec Baldwin episode, by the way. Then... Uh yeah, you're yeah, you're very baldwiny right now. Then two thousand and seven they make a play. People love it. With puppet horses. Crazy puppet horses. Wait, not even like the Halloween costume with the horses, like two people in <laughs> <and> one. <laughs> I, I don't believe so. It might have well it might have even taken more people to It was uh, like ten people. It was these crazy like metal things. It's right? like the Lion King, basically? It's yes. like the Lion King, okay. but the po- the horse is just sort of the skeleton. So it's very representational. If that makes sense? It's like No. <laughs> it's no, yeah, it, but, yeah it, here, it we'll show you weird. a picture. It looks weird. It's like Look a this. horse skeleton, but then with like I wood. I don't like that. Oh, yeah. No, I don't like it either. There was I'm... a guy in the orchestra who played coconuts to do the clip pop voice. <laughs> 
one comedy point. But so, um, but, but that was the thing that kind of made the play break was that people were like, the puppetry of this horse is unbelievable. Sorry. There's a nuance, there's a detail. You have people controlling just the ears and they're not hiding it, you know? You're seeing the sort of artistry. Yeah, I don't know. Is it? This doesn't sound horses? appealing. Look, I never saw it. People it, loved the play. It went went crazy in London, and yeah. it won all the awards. And like the Queen went to see it. Right, came here. People <laughs> went crazy as went well. Went to Broadway. And it won Best Play over right. like like good plays. Like it was like Death a, of a Salesman. I think. <laughs> Is this like a British thing? Like loving horses? Well, okay. I mean, yes, I guess so, right? <laughs> British people do like horses. I They're very horsey. The I word, didn't grow up in England. I mean, the word horsey in Britain means something, which is sort of like that you're like a, a bit of a fancy person. Well, like you're part of the okay. horsey set. Okay, before you start pulling rank, the word horsey means something in the U.S. of A. as well. It means the best sauce that Arby's has to offer. <laughs> very true. Horsey means something on both sides, but, David. But I want to call you out, Pilot, because you said you liked horses. I do like horses. Yeah. I don't think I like them as much as British people <laughs> like horses. Nobody... On Earth, likes horses as much as every single person in the movie War Horse. That is for sure. You texted Ben and I last night. Yeah, with a really hot take on this movie. I was watching War Horse. Yes, and and, you, I, and I had a thought. You said everyone in this movie really wants to fuck this horse. I mean, it seemed obvious. Now I had not started my rewatch until after that text, and this movie tracked a lot better for me What's... watching it the second time with that in mind. <laughs> Because otherwise you could go like, man, the character motivations are kind of sweaty in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's a movie about just like, if the if you view this as the animal version of There's Something About Mary. Where uh, sure, like, right, right. Men there's just something about crazy. Joey. <laughs> right, right. Like Mary somehow is this cipher that all men project their own hopes and beliefs and dreams onto. It's not, none of them really engage with her as a person. But they're all seeing what they want in her, and sure. it drives them insane. Okay, Warhorse kind of functions like that. So yeah, like the French guy is like Lee Evans, and like yes. you know the German soldier that's like Chris Elliott, right? Like Matt Dillon is. is I think the French guy's Brett Favre Benedict because he's. <laughs> I think the French guy's Brett Favre because he's the one who at the end of the movie. No, the French guy's Ben Stiller because he's the one. At, no, who give, the oh, kid's shit. Ben Stiller. The French guy's Brett Favre because Brett Favre's the one who's like gives it should, up. You, right, right. It's, I don't own you. You should be right. with who you'd be happy if. Right. Ben Stiller's the one because he was the one at the beginning. Whatever. Great. Um, so they they there's this damn play that everyone loves about horses. People flip out. Right? People flip out about the horses. Steven yeah. Spielberg says he was moved to tears by the play. Right. So just imagine Spielberg sitting there watching those puppet horses crying. Right. And so he's like, I'm making a movie. I'm making War Horse. This is my movie now. I've made lots of World War II movies. What about a World War One movie? Uh-huh. Plus horses. Now, He's I, made zero World War movies, zero horse movies. Correct, on both counts. I remember people being uh, a little confused when he announced this mm. because it was like, oh, man, everyone loved that play. But the whole thing everyone loved about that play was the puppetry. Right, but this one, real horses. Right. Like, he, Let me try to make a more literal version mm. of this sort of expressionistic thing that sure. kind of touched everybody. Because the story's in very broad strokes. Uh, would you you do you agree with me that it's a little broad this story? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're using a, a paintbrush so broad it's Jim Broadbent. It's the 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 width of a Jim Broadbent. All right, all right, all right, all right. That's beautiful. I'm sorry. Fine. I'm sorry. Uh, Warhorse. So then he makes Warhorse. He's gonna have Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. Play the lead role. And I'm going. Isn't the lead role the horse? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne was gonna play the horse. <laughs> He's a horsey guy. Wait, is that the name of the horse? <laughs> 
Redmayne? <laughs> no, I think his name is Joey Blackmane. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. is black. I got it confused. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I believe I texted Pilot saying, what is it about this horse? And Pilot said, uh, he has white white shoes or something, white feet. Yeah. I, think, I don't even know if that's an actual detail. It I is. can't remember. Because yes. okay. I knew there was something because yeah. he has like described the horse. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was white feet. <laughs> white socks. Um, and he made this movie. It cost a bunch of money. Yep. It's it's a big World War One epic. Mm-hmm. And it's about a horse. Came out two days after Tintin. It came out like the same week as Tintin. Both movies make an almost identical amount of money. Yeah, made eighty million domestic. This gets seventy worldwide. Like it got three a best Oscar picture it gets nomination. Best picture, best score. Six Oscar nominations. Jesus Christ! Yeah, cinematography, art direction, sound, score. <laughs> you know. Was this the year they? Decided like, hey, maybe it shouldn't be ten every year. Maybe we, it should fluctuate. Yes, I think so. This was I think the last, this is the last year of ten. Uh, I, I feel like horse. this movie might have had an influence on that. Where it's like, I mean, there are people who love this movie. Yeah, uh, I'm not one of them, but I think I like this movie more than anyone else in this room. Maybe I like. All right, I think this is a good movie if you take out the horse. That's my hot take. <laughs> Seriously, I think that there might be a good movie in here. But no. So horse. then, who do they want to fuck in that? Version? I don't know. Eddie Redmayne, like you know, somebody. <laughs> but just like there are, there are sections of this movie that I'm very excited about. I agree with that. Yeah, I think but, there are a couple uh, good movies in this movie. But then, then there's all this stuff with the horse. I'm gonna give uh, it two sugar cubes out of ten. <laughs> All right, Ben. And that's the end of our episode. Pilot, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> oh, the horse. <laughs> Pilot, what did you think of War Horse? I hated it. You hated it? Yes. <laughs> Full on hate. I also, I for some reason, did not suspect there would be a lot of violence in a war movie. And the horse just made me sad all the time. The horse, this horse goes through a lot. It's really brutal to watch. A uh, pilot, you are not a huge fan of violence. I mean, I I am, you like just not that, in the case yeah. of horses, because okay. I like horses. Your favorite? So you're fine with violence against people. Oh yeah, no, like that's yeah. fine. Especially, right, right, but not so much. What if it was a puppet horse? Yeah. Right. So it's the real horse. It's the real horse that upsets me. Yeah. Um, stop me if I'm if I'm uh, incorrectly assessing this, but. I feel like your favorite genre is talking animal, right? Yeah, and yeah. this horse did not fucking talk. Right. No animals speak in this movie. Which is like, what's the point of a movie? It could have at least had a thought bubble. Let's be honest. I was I was waiting right. for the inner monologue to start. Right, the horse is like, hmm. But you like movies. Not another war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. You see, call me war horse. The bit at the end where Toby Kebbell's like, Warhorse. I was like, come on! <laughs> he didn't need to say it. My dad used to like pimp me out to do my impression. <laughs> like, You're right, yeah, he's a warhorse. I used to do an impression of Warhorse. Not of the character, but of the movie. Okay. That was based around that moment that my dad would be like, Griff, do that Warhorse impression again. You're like, well, well, hey there, what's this horse there? <laughs> this horse? It's a warhorse, isn't it? No, it can't be a warhorse. Yes, it is. I tell you, it's a war horse. Jesus Christ. It would just be people talking about whether or not the horse is a war it's, horse. It's a war horse. Yeah, yeah, but it is. That's true. Okay, so, all right. I don't think it was that great at war. It was it just great at not dying. It is good at not dying. This horse is one of the worst warriors I've ever seen. Okay, okay. I want to get... No, no, no. More, more, more. This horse gets born, stands up. The yeah. movie literally starts with its birth. And everyone is just like, God, what a fucking horse. What a great horse. 
some guy buys it, and they're like, why'd you buy that horse? <laughs> a shitty horse for farming. The army buys it. They're like, no, this is a bad war horse. Not good for war. So what's the point of this horse? Right, the only... It's just hot. It's just like a hot horse. The only owners who who <laughs> like the horse and think it's impressive right. are the Frenchman and his granddaughter, who are like, this really? horse is great. He will kill you. <laughs> you can't ride him. Yes. They just want to look at him. Yes, he will kill you. So is the horse like a symbol of like innocence or something? Like what is the deal with the horse? Fuckability. I think if Jerry fuckability. I think it's a movie about coveting. About just like gotta have that horse? Yeah, gotta have that horse. <laughs> It's such a weird film. Well, because, you know, uh, one of the movies I think is a big influence on this, right? There are two things I look at as sort of Rosetta Stones for what I think Spielberg was trying to do in this movie. Uh-huh. And very often Spielberg will pick a project based on like, oh, this is a type of thing I've never gotten to do before. Mm-hmm. Right? He'll pick an element and go, this is a subject matter I've never dealt with. Sure, or or this kind of actor, or this kind of genre. Never made a horse movie. Never made a horse movie. Never made a horse movie. Bestiality movie, yeah. Uh, he never made a movie where people were trying to cuck a horse. Um, but you're terrible. I'm a terrible person. Yes, I will not fight this. Um, Go ahead. There are two things I think drew him to this movie. One of them is I, I think he kind of wanted to make his Ohazar Balthazar, which is I, I, this is a terrible version. Okay, okay. I think this. Well, yes. I'm okay. About, yes. A, this a is, movie about everyone's won't. Stop being obsessed with a goddamn horse. That's a glutton for punishment. Right. Oazar Balthazar is a is a rapper song movie about yeah. this donkey that travels from owner to owner. And is Jesus. Right, and is Jesus. Right. And essentially witnesses the the evils, you know, right. the blunders, the blind spots of humanity. I and I guess this yeah, all right. Suffers. Okay. Okay, that's what he was trying to make. But the thing with Ohazar Balthazar is that um the donkey is a mirror for its owners. Like, they don't try to really make the donkey into a character. Right. It's more that, like, the donkey is the plot structure of how you get from person to person. This movie is about how fucking great this horse is. It's a good horse. Which Ohazar Balthazar is It's not a good horse. Well, okay. All right. Well, this is the crucial debate. Is it or is it not a good horse? It's a perfectly mediocre horse. Mediocre, says Pilot. It's a good looking horse. Fuckable, says Ben. (laughs) Good looking, says you. I've, like, seen hotter horses. Right, oh, now, no question. Now, I don't know shit about horses. You show, show me a horse, I see a horse. I don't, I don't really get it. <laughs> well, a horse is a horse, of course, of course. <laughs> we know this. So what's good or bad about this horse? I mean, I think, oh, wait, are we still talking about, like, his war abilities or, like, his fuckability? Which one? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, just if you saw him on the street, I guess. Like, what would you make of this horse? I would be like, that's a horse. Let's send it to war. <laughs> <laughs> You just find a war for it to be. I mean, get you a horse who can There's do both. one moment yeah. where someone says, "Like, look at the muscles on him," and yeah. that's like the one specific, like, attribute. I guess he's like a he's like a well built horse. Yeah, handsome. No, he's got long legs too. Oh, long that. legs, but he can't jump. But he can't really jumping. do anything. Like he the kid at anything. the beginning, like tries to teach him like fetch or something, and he can't like figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> All right, okay. So we're gonna let's get to the plot of the movie. But what did you want to? So he's trying to make an Ohazar Balthazar, but instead... Right, because that's that's viewed as sort of Instead, the horse this. is the main character instead of the people. But that's viewed as this very canonical uh-huh. film where people go like, how did he pull that off? How did Brisson do this magic trick where there's a movie where the main character is a donkey and you empathize with the donkey? Yeah. And I think the way he does is that the donkey is kind of a Rorschach test. Right, okay. Okay, the second thing I think he was trying to do 
is right before the release of this movie, the year before, Cowboys vs. Aliens comes out. Ugh. Follow me here for a second. Okay. Cowboys and Aliens. Definitely has horses in it. Yes. And Spielberg produces it, and Ron Howard produces it. It's the it. same year. Oh, wow. Yeah, same year. I um, thought it was 2011. So John Favreau does this series of videos on YouTube, the year the Cowboys and Aliens comes out, where he's so proud that he's got a movie that Steven Spielberg produced. And they do these series of videos where they're talking about filmmaking together. You know? Uh-huh. And it's like clearly the the idea behind the videos was this is Spielberg tapping the sword on either shoulder and going, okay. Favreau, you're next in line, right? But Spielberg tells the story. Um, he says, like, tell me about you spent time with John Ford when you were like young and you broke onto the Warner Brothers lot and you'd be there and this and that. Okay. And he said, once they sort of spotted me and they knew what was up and they said, this kid wants to make films. I said, could you introduce me to John Ford? And they brought him over to John Ford one day. John Ford brings him into his office and he goes, I heard you want to be a picture maker. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, let me ask you a question. Can you tell me what you want to fuck see? this horse? What do you want to fuck this horse? <laughs> and Spielberg said, no. And he said, until you want to fuck the horse, you will not be a good picture maker. Okay, what did he say? Come on, wrap this up. This is the whole story. Okay. Yeah, at the end of it, okay? okay? He goes, look at these two paintings. Tell me what you see. Mm-hmm. And the two paintings are both of just like the, the fucking West. Uh-huh. Right? The, the plains. Yes. And he says, it's just two pictures of the same background. Okay. And he goes, but what do you see? And he goes, well, here, that's the trees, this and that. And he goes, what do you see? And he keeps on pressing him until Spielberg, who's like 18, goes like, well, the sun's setting in this one and the sun's rising in the other one. Uh-huh. And he goes, and why? What does that mean? And Spielberg goes like, I don't fucking know. And he goes, if you can figure out the answer to that question, then maybe you can be a good picture maker. And that's his whole weird fucking, and John Ford was like a piece of shit, right? Uh-huh. As a guy. He was a really good filmmaker, but like a lot uh-huh. of stories about him being a piece of shit. This feels like Spielberg not just trying to make his John Ford movie, but also trying to make a movie that's entirely about the difference between when the sun rises and when the sun sets in a very blunt way. And that this movie fucking starts with a sunrise and ends with a sunset, right? That's very interesting. But I have something even more interesting for you. Sure. This is the number two movie on Box Office Mojo's category, Horse. (laughs) (laughs) What's number one? I want you to guess. The number one horse movie of all time. Wait, is it Racing Stripes? It is not Racing Stripes. That is number eight. We could do all ten, baby. Hidalgo? Hidalgo is number five. (laughs) It's not Spirit. Four. Scallion of the Samaritan. Flicka? Flicka number 11. Didn't make the top ten. Okay. uh, All the Pretty Horses. All the Pretty Horses is not in this list, which does, seems rude. The number one film, does the horse talk or not? No, no talking. And it crested 100? So not the horse whisperer. Not the horse whisperer, which is, let me, give me a second, number three. I <laughs> need to know less horse movies. <laughs> you know a lot of horse movies. What's that horse it's, diving movie? Uh, Black Beauty? Is that one? Black Beauty is... How is that not number one? You know, because it came out a while ago. It's number 19. This is bullshit. Uh, Seabiscuit? <laughs> Seabiscuit. Number one, the only horse movie to crack 100 mil at the box office. Seabiscuit. Hey, it's almost as if horse movies don't have legs at the box office. <laughs> yeah, you guys got, that, I'm just going to talk over that. You guys got everything but Secretariat, number seven. Oh, yeah. The Black Stallion, number nine, which is similar to Black Beauty. Yeah, they're basically the same. Um, All black horses look alike. Right. They're <laughs> Dreamer inspired by a true story, number 10. Okay. With uh, Dakota Fanning sure. and Kurt Russell. And something called The Electric Horseman set at Redford and uh, yes. yeah. Fonda. Okay. Uh, can I give you a, a similar fact? Yeah. 
Uh, Celine Buckins, who plays the uh, French uh, Mrs. Glass in this movie. <laughs> Ms. Glass. My bones. <laughs> That's what I always think of when someone has that condition. Is Emily Mortimer in 30 Careful, Rock. my bones. So, my um, bones. I, uh, when watching the movie, uh-huh. I was like, oh, did she ever act again? Because this was her first film, I believe. Okay, yeah. Um, so I went to her Wikipedia page. It's, you know, she played uh, Emily in War Horse, a role she won, her character... Warhorse is a young French girl lives on a farm. This and that. Yeah. And then I went to the rest of her profile, and it just says, uh, "Celine Buckins is a Belgian British teen actress. In 2017, she will appear in Netflix children television series, Untitled Horse Mystery Project." <laughs> I am obsessed with this, by the way. Well, you've been tracking this I, project, yeah, and there's no info about it at all. But you just know that there's an Untitled Horse Mystery yeah, Project. Yeah, and like I emailed the them, and nothing. <laughs> What did you email exactly? What is the did you mystery? Say you were, did, you, did you say you were hot for hot to trot? I said I wanted to write about the untitled like horse mystery project, but need to know what it is. God. And they did not reply. Maybe it's like Dick Francis like novels being adapted by a horse or starring a horse. The horse wrote it. <laughs> oh, I hope it's just a war horse TV series. Just every week. There's a lot of casting going on for the horse mystery project. So, like, Celine Buckins is in it. Jalen Barron, whoever that is. Oh, the great Jalen Barron. (laughs) Carrie Ingram. Oh, the great Carrie Ingram. (laughs) There's been some casting. Okay. All right. This movie starts with a horse uh, getting born. Jeremy Irvine witnessing the birth of a horse. He is coincidentally there at the time and place of the birth of a horse, and God is it love at first sight. Now, Jeremy Irvine. Yes. This was almost Eddie Redmayne. Yep. And then, like, in a surprise announcement, like, they, there were Something deadline happens. stories that were, like, yeah. it, it looks like Eddie Redmayne's in advanced negotiations. Right. And then suddenly, oh, no, the lead of this film is Jeremy Irvine. And Spielberg was like, we had been in the audition process for two months. And he was, the line I thought was really interesting was he said, Jeremy, we kept on going back to his auditions. He did, uh-huh. like, 10 or 20 auditions. And he was the only one who seemed to have the right communication to play the role. Right, because he seems like someone who'd rather talk to a horse yep. than a person. I think communication's a very interesting you, word you're, for him you're, to use. you got to buy this actor, this character, as someone who doesn't give a shit about his family's failing farm right. or like the war with Germany happening just overseas, but this horse... Like, this horse. Like, when a letter arrives, they're afraid that it's about the horse. Right. Like, not like, oh, is Uncle Jim okay over on the front or what? You know, like, the people in town who are fighting? No. Is is the horse okay? How's the horse? And on that count, Jeremy Irvine succeeds wildly. I guess so. If you're only he's, judging him through that one prism, it's maybe the most successful think, performance of all time. Uh, he's very... Look... What were you going to say, Pilot? I've got nothing. I just cannot believe anyone cares about a horse that much. He cares. But he sells that. I think nothing else. I guess so. The only other thing I've seen him in is Stonewall, which is like one of the worst movies ever made. He's the lead in that? He's the lead, he's the lead twink. Not that that's a word I can use. But nope. he's got that vibe in that, in that film and in this film. Uh-huh. Uh, would you agree? Yeah. He's very handsome, but in yeah. a very boring way. He's a sweet boy. Yeah, he's got an apple face. And this is a real apple movie. It's a real, it's a real shiny red apple of a movie. This is the Macintosh of of motion pictures. Look, we've talked about this with some of these other Spielberg movies. I want to look at the list just to, but like where he keeps trying to like find the next kid, like Justin Chatwin in War of the World. Justin Chatwin's great. (laughs) Okay, pilot, sense the judgment in my my voice. Baby Genius is two super babies. He's in that. He's fantastic. Only in, is he only in that one? Yeah, only in the second one, I believe. Mm-hmm. Does he yeah. play baby? No. Okay. 
No. Hella just looked at me with such contempt. No. No. Um, I'm him. trying to think. Of, I mean, obviously Shia in Crystal Skull. I feel like there's another kid. He, he, he's sort of like, yeah. he's sort of looking for kids. I mean, the girl in um, The Lost World Jurassic Park. Right. Uh, uh, Vanessa Lee Chester. Yeah. You know, I don't know. He's bad with kids all of a sudden. Like, he's not picking the right kids. Yeah. All right. That's I all like I the kid in BFG a lot, but we'll get to that. Oh, she's cute. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty cute. I thought that was a good pick, a good find. So the horse gets born. And he's there, and it's it's And like, it grows up, and Jeremy Irvine's always, like, checking in on the horse. But, like, this movie opens with a sunrise, right? Yeah. It opens with shots of a sunrise over a field. Yeah. And then... A golden sunrise. And immediately, John Williams is doing the most score any movie yeah. has ever had. <laughs> yeah. Truly the most music I've ever heard in a film. Yeah. In, by all definitions. Yeah, every, of, you know? yes, yeah. Everything's a theme, basically. Right. Yeah. And you see a horse being born, and it cuts <laughs> you to... You do. You, it cuts to the reaction of Jeremy Irvine just going, oh, <laughs> look at that horse. So and he's it, basically, like, imprinting on him. That's what I was going to say. Thank you so much, Pilot. That's what I was going to say. So it's like when... um. The little baby, weird baby, is born in Twilight. Correct. And, and yep. Taylor Lautner falls in love with the weird baby, and they're going to get married even though it's a weird baby. Doesn't fall in love. Imprints. That's, yeah, because he's a Devotes his love in a way that he <laughs> right. will never be able to give his love to anyone else ever again and is now sworn to protect and love and care for. Right. So you're saying that's the deal with um, Jeremy Irvine yeah. and this horse, Joey. Right. The first three minutes of the film feel like 15 minutes. And it's a series of sequences, totally silent, of Jeremy Irvine watching this horse. Be born, grow, <laughs> prance around, you know, achieve full size. So creepy. Very it's weird. Creepy. Very fucking creepy. Okay. But here's where I, here's my first problem with the movie. Yeah. So first pivotal scene is an auction. Yep. Peter Mullen, a uh, great uh, actor. Great plays, director, too. Good director. Yeah. Uh, plays uh, Jeremy Irvine's dad. Drunky Mick Drunkenness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old drunk farmer. Drunkio drunkery. <laughs> Uh, Farmer Booze. Yep. Um, and then David Thewlis plays like Lord Evil, like yeah. the like the, the mustache and sideburns only, uh, like you know, land baron or whatever. Baron Persnickety. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I shall have that horse, a million pounds, please. And Peter Mullen, Peter Mullen, not Jeremy Irvine, is yes. like a million and one pounds. <laughs> like he he like dares defy his lord. Right. To outbid him, what does he care about the horse? What? He just like briefly falls in love with the horse, and then l- quickly wants to shoot the horse in the face. I mean, he probably feels like his son isn't gonna find like anyone else, <laughs> so like he better like support this relationship. <laughs> yeah, but when he brings the horse back to Jeremy Irvine, Jeremy Irvine uh, acts like, "Oh, th- wow, this horse! I've never seen this horse before." Like he doesn't yeah. own up. Oh, he's to... like, "Oh, cool horse! Yeah, no, oh, no, no, yeah. no, it's a good horse, yeah. good horse." I'm gonna I mean, call him Joey. I'm gonna make a special owl yeah. call for him. <laughs> I'm definitely enjoying. Uh, I'm enjoying meeting this horse for the first time. I haven't spent weeks upon weeks watching this horse from its birth. Um, but I, the implication, I guess, is that uh, David Thewlis is the evil land. Yeah, baron. but he's he's not even evil. He's just a dick. He's just a guy. And like, he's like, there's a fuckable horse, and what purpose does a fuckable horse have if not just to hang out in like a fancy manner? Right. And be ridden around by rich people and not do much and eat hay. Maybe do some dressage. Yeah, do a little <laughs> dressage. Yeah, be like a, a dancing horse. Sure. Right? Yes. Right, exactly. Well, l- look. A silly horse. Look at this auction, okay? What does David Thewlis have to gain from owning the horse, right? He's a rich man. 
He could just put the horse up in a and nice his stable. His son is kind of like, eh. Right. I mean, it's okay. His son's not even that into the horse. But the idea is that it would be a show horse. How many times are we going to say horse? <laughs> We're going to say it so much. <laughs> the idea is that it would sort of be a show horse, right? The horse would sort of tie the room together. And it would be around, and he'd have the money to care for this horse and treat it to the best light possible, right? Right. Now, he's looking at Peter Mullen. Peter Mullen, he knows. Thulis knows that Peter Mullen needs a workhorse. Yeah. He, a literal he's, workhorse. He's, he's supposed to get that other horse who's right. like boring horse. Right, because Peter, David, <laughs> Peter Mullen has to pay David Thulis rent. Yeah. He knows his farm work is not going well because Peter Mullen's drunk. He needs a horse to make it through the season. So you're saying Thulis is trying to fuck Peter Mullen out of his land? No, I think Thulis wants the horse because he thinks it's a good-looking horse. It's a good-looking horse! Then Peter Mullen wants the horse, and David <laughs> Thulis is like, not only do I want this horse more than you do, but also, I, you shouldn't have this horse. It would be irresponsible right, for you to buy- it's a decision to get this horse. I've this is not the right books. horse. Right, yeah, right. I've looked at your land. You should not buy this horse. Right. But the film's immediately, like, giving David Thulis, like, Reaction shots of him like waxing his mustache. Yeah, well, tips. and also David Thewlis is, you know, he excels at playing kind of like a sniveling evil guy. Yes, and so they fight over this horse. They buy the fucking horse. Peter Look, Mullen we got to move it. This is a horse. this is a two and a half hour movie. It's a long movie. And now they got this horse. They got a real wacky goose. <laughs> yeah, they got a wacky goose. <laughs> the wacky goose has like four scenes. Yep. <laughs> Did Danny DeVito play that goose or yep. something? <laughs> If this was War Goose, I would be so much happier. <laughs> War Goose is a movie I would sign up for. Steven Spielberg's War Goose. Yes, <laughs> that is a, it's a it bites people. It's a goose? a goose that bites. I mean, it's better in a war than the horses. Yeah. yeah, it's little. It can like weave in and out of traffic. Can I say the goose gives a better all the war traffic? Yes. Yeah, war traffic. Yeah, that's how war works, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like a big traffic jam. We're pitching so many sequels here. Yeah, the goose is better than the horse, you're saying. Yes. Well, I mean, it must have been multiple horses, right? It can't have just been the one horse. Sure. Horse. Sure. Horse. Uh, so. Here's the farm. Emily Watson. I don't know. Why'd you buy this horse? Emily Watson, first build in this movie. You flipped out <laughs> over the billing in this movie. <laughs> I was texting Griffin about the billing. Yeah. Emily Watson is first build. She's like, ah, oh, you bought this fucking horse and you know, I hate you. But I love you, I guess. I don't know. Right. And I, whatever. Well, I guess we'll make do. It's sort of hard to tell how much he's bankrupted the family by buying this horse. It's this not is, good. Yes. This is one of those movies where every single line of dialogue every character says is the most important they ha thing they have ever said or will ever say mm -hmm. in their entire life. Okay. You know? Like, everything is a grand proclamation. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, the horse has to plow a field. There's, this, there's like 20 minutes of the horse plowing a field. And it's like Jeremy Irvine. People like gather to watch the horse plow the field. Jeremy Irvine pretending he doesn't love this horse. It's just like, oh, I'll just, this is a job. I guess I'll have to do it. It's tough love. He's like nagging a horse. Yeah, he's, he's nagging this horse. Also names it Joey. Names it Joey. After Joey Tribbiani. Right. Which we, we've, we've, it's been established because they were watching Joey earlier. And this film is long, right? <laughs> it's an epic movie. I understand Spielberg wants to tell an epic story. But to literally give us a 22-minute section. I counted. It's 45 minutes before they go to war. Right. So for the first 45 minutes, you could just call this movie Horse. And and 22 of those minutes are just Jeremy Irvine watching an episode of Joey. <laughs> like that's, that's and a, not even a good one. That's abusive to the audience. <laughs> No, no, if I want to watch Joey, I'll watch it on my own. I don't have to watch it couched in a horse movie. Yeah, but Jeremy Irvine brings a lot, too. You know, watching him watch Joey really brings a lot to Joey. It's like that Vice show where Action Bronson watches Ancient Aliens. Is that a thing? Yes. Pilot. Yep. 
<laughs> you can verify that, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. The horse plows the field. Eventually. Takes a while. Takes them so long to learn how to plow a field. <laughs> and um, before that, they have to like break the horse, right? They have to like put a little thing over its head. Yeah, what was that? It was just like basically like an inflatable thing for a pool. <laughs> It's, it's like, like, like that pillow people it, take on the airplane. Yes, it looks like a, a toilet seat or a neck pillow, yes. but inflatable. And when I guess they, that makes the horse plow fields. Yeah. Like you put the plow on it. But when they're talking about this stuff, there's so much weight to breaking the horse. And I'm like, why does everyone know about horse lingo? They get what so, is going on? Dude, there's not a lot going on in They Devin. have horses and they have war and that's it. I guess. <laughs> they got horses, they got war. And they have oh, Joey. Did, did you they hear about Joey. the Johnson's horse? Like, is that what's going on? Oh, boy. Well, God, the Smith's horse, though? He, Jeremy Irvine keeps disobeying when his father's like, this is how you break a horse. And he's like, I got my own way. He's like, no, I'm just going to whisper to it and do owl calls. Peter Mullen literally produces a rifle to shoot this horse in the face because he's like I've had enough of this horse sell the horse if you don't like the horse and Jeremy Irvine like grabs the rifle and puts it to his head I know it's like it's like all the way to 11 like all of a sudden he's like fuck this horse yeah uh, and I would have loved if it ended there. <laughs> yeah, he just <laughs> shoots the horse. And Jeremy Irvine's like, no! And like throws himself on the gun. There's the big day when he's like, I'm going to get this horse to plow the field today. And everyone comes to watch. Like people start going, like, hear about the horse? Oh my God, the horse? Horse can plow. It's like it's like the Beatles Let It Be concert. Yeah. Where people are like, this is big. We have to come. And literally the entire this town comes horse, out to man. watch. Yep. They horse all watch. Fails conclusively. Everyone leaves. The second everyone leaves but one guy, the horse starts to Yeah, the doing horse it. has like performances. <laughs> the horse is like Michigan J Frog. Like it can plow when no one's watching. And, but less racist. Two frogs? Yes. <laughs> um,. There's also a scene where Jeremy Irvine's like, God, my dad's such a dick. Yeah. And Emily Watson's like, he was in the war, so shut up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. That, that's just another scene. And he's like, but he's a drunk. And she's like, yes, he is, but for a reason. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, she gives a big speech about how brave he is and the wars and the whatever and the whatever. And then I have one more thing before the war starts. Okay. Everything seems good. Yeah. The horse plows the field. Yeah, 45 minutes Almost entirely devoid of drama. They plant the turnips, except for the, that one point where the dad almost shoots his son. <laughs> right. no, but there's, there's the moment, there's the moment where Thulis comes to him and he says, "Yeah, Thulis like, comes." And, and yeah, it's like Inglorious Bastards, except no one is at risk. Right. And he's basically like, "You're doomed." And he goes, "Give me that money." And Mullen goes, "Like, I'm gonna make this horse work." And he's like, "That's impossible." Right. And he's like, "Give me an extension, and I promise I'll pay you back double." Yeah, pay you back with interest. And then the movie just has a very long time. They plow the field yeah. of turnips, and then everything looks good, and then it rains, and, and everything's ruined. I don't know. I don't know if you remember this pilot. The only thing I remember after the plowing and before the war is uh, <laughs> the horse drag races a car. Uh, yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's the only scene I enjoy. <laughs> that's the other thing. Jeremy Irvine's got this horse, baby. And he's going to race cars. This rich guy's got a car. And it's which in his 19, son, Yes, right? and yes. 1914 is a pretty big deal. Like, cars are still new on the scene. It's like owning a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> and Irvine's like, I don't need any car. I got a horse. And so they race, the, and the lady is kind of like, check out that horse. He wants to fuck the horse. Everyone wants to fuck the horse. Right, he's peacocking with the horse. The lady wants to fuck the horse, but the guy thinks she wants to fuck Irvine. But no, it's the horse. The horse is so impressive, she's stands up in a moving vehicle, right? A convertible with she no top. She might not know 
that uh, that that's a big deal in a car, sure. though. She might not know how cars sure. work. <laughs> but I remember when this trailer came out, and the trailer was just the the monologue that I butchered, and, and then, shots like, of the horse over and it. And then, like, the trailer ends with, like, a five-second shot of the horse just, like, looking right at the camera. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and this was like, kind why of a, did anyone go see this? <laughs> Several people million dollars domestic. Um, it was seen. That shot, Number two box office mojo horse category. That shot was kind of a centerpiece shot of the trailer. The woman slowly standing up in the moving vehicle and Check giving his horse. the Spielberg look at the horse. Right. And I remember people being like, Jesus Christ, this fucking movie. <laughs> like that trailer was like six months before the movie came out. And it was like, is this what the whole movie is going to be? Like just a series of Spielberg looks at the horse. And guess what? It is. <laughs> yeah. It's basically like from National Lampoon's Vacation, but with a horse. <laughs> so the horse, the, the, the wars, the World War One, the World War One starts. Can we start calling it the wars to save time? The, the war horse? What? The wars? The wars. The wars. Okay. So the war starts. Tom Hiddleston shows up. Probably at best performance market. in the movie, right? My winner would be my Oscar winner that year. Joe Oscar winner for Absolutely. Best Supporting Actor? Such an incredible performance. Pilot. No, I would, I would say the horse is the best actor. <laughs> but no, the horse is lead. Yeah. Hiddleston sure. would be supporting. I thought uh, Emily Mortimer was lead. Yeah, that's true. First build. It's Emily Watson, but oh. also true. <laughs> <laughs> also true. My I bones. I all the Emilys. Well, Emily Mortimer actually did secretly play the little French girl with the bones. Yes. I yeah. did for a while keep thinking Emily Blunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, there's some British Emilys out there, guys. Right. Keep your eyes peeled. Tom Hiddleston buys the horse. Why does Tom Hiddleston buy the horse? Good looking horse. He likes this horse. Because <laughs> they it very quickly becomes clear they're like this horse isn't fit for war. And Jeremy Irvine comes over and he's like, please, please. He's like, don't buy this horse, you dick. And he's like, look, I know this horse is worth more than you say it is. Right. Than I just bought it for. But that's all I got, baby. Even though I know the horse isn't good at the job you hired it to do, and will not be good at the job I'm hiring it to do. War. Damn, what a good looking horse. <laughs> Now, we'll we'll get to everything Hiddleston does, but I just want to address the fact that Hiddleston buys the horse, yeah. takes the horse to France. Uh, I'm sorry, first makes an insane promise, which is, I'm paying you $300 as a loan, I promise yeah, you. Yeah, right, I'll bring the horse back. If I live back. through this war, I will personally return the horse to you. Then draws charcoal pictures of the horse. Yeah. Just of its face. He draws it like one of Jack's French girls. Yeah. <laughs> he really does. Just to keep Jeremy Irvine informed of the horse's progress, which yeah, that's all he's what... saying is like still a horse. Like it didn't turn into a, like a cow like when we took it to France. Can I just share one thing really quickly? Anything. Of course. Um, so when I was a kid in horseback riding, I was very into drawing horses. And it was the only thing I could draw except I couldn't draw horse heads. So I had an entire <laughs> sketchbook that was just headless horses. Bye. <laughs> It's like something you'd find in a so horror weird. movie, some child's book of headless horses. The horses are really hard to draw. Well, like you head you could have done horses? a really good uh, uh, Godfather spinoff comic book series. <laughs> All those headless horses. So you did ride horses. I did. Wow. This did is you enjoy riding horses? Uh, sort of. It mostly is uncomfortable and it hurts and right. the horses like don't really want to play. Well, you have Mr. Glass syndrome. <laughs> yes. No, but it does seem, it does oh, it does seem like a lot of work. It seems like a lot of work to ride a horse. I mean, kind of. Like once you like learn how, it's fine, but like the first few lessons are really annoying and the horses are generally just like very surly all the time. Sir, the, you know who isn't surly? Who? Joey. Sure. Joey the horse. Yeah. Uh now, so when you say that like 
this horse is okay looking. You don't get why people find this horse so attractive. No, it's not like a Clydesdale or anything. Right, exactly. You're someone who's seen a lot of horses and and been close to a lot of horses, felt the magnetism. You're speaking from a greater point of reference than the rest of us. A bay horse. That's its breed. Like B-A-E? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but also no. (laughs) But also B-A-Y, which is a... A, oh, it's just a hair coat color. All right, so we don't even know what it's kind like of a horse very, it is. It's like a very like mediocre horse, like entirely, like its abilities, its looks, like it's just very, it wouldn't ever win an award. It's like the Tara Reid wow. of horses, basically. <laughs> it's not even that talented though. You can cast it well. You have a bit of a Tara Reid voice right now. I really do. <laughs> yeah, you're sounding hoarse. Oh, Jesus Christ! War horse. So the horse, the horse, the horse goes to war. <laughs> Which yeah. is the war in the movie's title. This movie's so long. It's very, very long. This movie is incredibly long. Yes. Would you say that this movie is long, Griffin? Oh, yes. It's quite long. Let's talk about Hiddleston's performance a little bit. Love Tom Hiddleston in this movie. Tom Hiddleston at this point has been, has he? This is the year Thor, Thor comes, comes out. out this year. So he's like he starting. He just hit the map. Right. I mean, he's been around. But, but in I'm terms of you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. major American film, he just hit the scene. Yeah, he really had. He'd really been in, like, nothing. Yeah. Thor came out that earlier that summer. Avengers comes out the following summer. Um, so the Hill Stoners, all of that had yet to happen. Is that what they call themselves? Yeah. Yeah, right? Right? Apparently he's, he's F. Scott Fitzgerald in Midnight in Paris. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, he's very good in that. Well, he's a good actor, yeah. and he's good in this. Right. He's so great. Yeah, I mean, it's... plays James Nichols, the captain. He's the only actor I think is fully on the right page. Yes. I think Cumberbatch is, too. I think that that this whole section is the part I like of the movie. I like this part. My fair part comes later. Ah, Um, Twerp. You like the glass bone girl. No, I don't. No. No, I don't. (laughs) That shit's bad. No, I don't. And that speaks to the failure of this movie because I should love that. Right, right, right. That's so in my wheelhouse. I'm a sap and a contrarian and a goofball. And to make a movie about a little French girl with glass bones who just wants to ride a horse. It's Griffin Newman, A-plus number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they botched that shit. I think that's the worst section of the movie. So I like this part of the movie because it is like it is kind of about what was happening in Britain during World War One, which was like all these people sign up for war because they just think like, this is going to be great. Like, we're yeah. going to go overseas. We're going to have some triumph. Like, we'll return home victorious and, like, you know, full of daring do. Like, Tom Hiddleston legit is like, ah, I'll be home soon with the horse. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And they, like, meet up in France with Benedict Cumberbatch. And Benedict Cumberbatch is like, check out my horse. My horse is a black horse. And yours is brown. So, good horse, right? They have a horse race. There's supposed to be a war going on. They have enough time to do a whole race. Well, and, and Cumberbatch There's and a lot of racing in this a movie. Lot of racing <laughs> this um, uh, Cumberbatch and Hiddleston are the two actors in this movie who feel like they stepped out of 1947. Yeah. Their faces match. Although that would be 30 years off from when this movie's taking place. I'm talking about more the... Like the, the acting, yes, absolutely. Yes. Like the this style is an old of 40s movie. That's right. a, but he's trying to make a 40s movie. Yes, right? definitely. And um, even just in terms of their awareness of their angles, you know, they're doing these very stilted, physically controlled performances that also have like a depth of feeling, uh, which is the thing that when people try to make uh, films to uh, as homages to that time always becomes tricky. Is it's like, can you train actors who have been schooled in a creative Can you train them of, like horses? Can you train them like horses? Can you to break plow them? fields? Yes. Yeah. Can, can, can they in? plow? Can they put on the, the, the donut? Can you fuck them? Um, 
can you can you train actors who have been uh, schooled in a greater form of naturalism? No, I get you. I get you. Yep. Into a, a uh, performance style that still has emotional depth and honesty, but is very theatrical. And these two guys, unsurprisingly, they're good at it. really it's... fucking good at it. And they have the right faces and the right voices, and they give real movie star performances. And then they both die. That's what I love. So they're just like, "This is great. My horse is faster than your horse." They probably like making out in the tent. So yeah. they're, you know, I don't know, right? Like they, they, they all seem to be having a great old British time. And then they're like, "Great, now we're gonna do a cavalry charge. This will be fun. We're gonna like surprise some Germans." Right. And then the Germans are just like, oh, okay, well, we'll just use our machine guns because yeah, but- this is like modern warfare. And then they, they just they just all die. They brought a horse and there's to that a gunfight. Fan- <laughs> yeah, they brought- it was a hot horse, but it was a horse. Yeah. And there's that fantastic shot of Hiddleston's face yes. when it's like he's doing his charge and then he just realizes like, oh, this isn't going to work out for me. And then that's you don't even see him die. Like that's the last you see of him. Now, pilot, I'd like to uh, at this point uh, set up a segment for this episode, which is as a, a talking animal expert, as someone who recapped every episode of Dog with a Blog, I believe has seen all the films in the Airbud Air Buddies franchise. Yes. Um, how would you in this film? Were you given a pass on the script, or even a pass in the edit room? And gave the ability, Joey, gave Joey the ability to speak. What do you think Joey would say in this section of the movie? I, well, first, in my version, Joey would not be a male horse. True. And she would be voiced by Wanda Sykes. (laughs) And she would say, shit, and she would get the fuck out of there. (laughs) That, I think, is how a war horse should go. If, If Wanda Sykes, that would be great. If Wanda Sykes was just the internal monologue of this horse, essentially. Um, I think that's the only way to save this movie. Would you, so you'd have this movie played by Garfield rules? Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. So wait, what are Garfield rules? Like the the, the animals talk, but the humans don't understand them? Is yes. that Garfield rules? We we can hear, they can't, but they can kind of infer, uh, infer emotionally. But wait, does Airbud talk? No, Airbuddies talk. Airbuddies talk, right, but yeah. that's not canon. No, not canon. Right, which we've discussed before yeah. on this podcast, I believe. Don't make me and angry about this life. again. <laughs> okay. Can I say something crazy for one second? No. Yes, go ahead. Do you know that the television series, The Penguins of Madagascar, is not canon within the Madagascar universe, and then the movie, The Penguins of Madagascar, based off the TV show, is not canon within the TV show? (laughs) But is it canon within the movie universe? I don't think so. (laughs) So you're saying there are three separate canons. Yeah. (laughs) Madagascar. Correct. Penguins of Madagascar, brackets TV. Yes. Penguins of Madagascar, brackets film. Fucking Correct. Wait, of all the animals in Madagascar, why would they spin off the penguins? I don't know. Penguins are cute? No. Wow. That's actually kind of a hot take. I mean, they're like fine. Oh, well, they're not cute enough for a spin off. Do you mean these specific penguins are not that cute or all penguins? I mean, yeah, male penguins are like fine. Yes. These penguins are kind of surly. Yeah, what do the penguins do? There's a bunch of them. They're like a shittier version. Also, like when you think Madagascar, you're not like, yeah, penguins. (laughs) (laughs) Also, very true. They're like a shittier version of the Green Army men from Toy Story. Right. The whole bit is that they're like Roger Roger and they're always on missions. They take everything very seriously. That doesn't sound funny. They made a whole movie about them? They made a four-season TV show and then went like, this is such a rich dynamic. Oh, but fuck, we can't make a movie without stepping over the toes of the chronology. Of the Noah Baumbach scripted Madagascar universe. Yeah. So then they made a movie that has nothing to do with the TV show, which has nothing to do with the original movie. I don't accept this. Nope. All so, good. War horse. Yep. Hey, what do you guys think of the European accents, but in English? 
that are like sort of like sketch yeah. comedy, like you know, subtle. That's like, true. Okay, cool, so well, cool we can point stuff. that out because um, the horse in this battle gets captured by the Germans. Mm-hmm. Germans are yeah, they're just like, oh, it's a good horse. We have caught the horses. <laughs> now we fight the war. Like they 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 just speak English. There's not even an attempt. And here's the craziest thing about the accents it, it, in this movie. Yeah, all of them are at like Pierre Lescargot level. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> it's like the voice cast of Ratatouille. Right, but they also all are played by people actually of that. They're all played by German actors. Yes, and same with the French actors. Like yeah. all of that is insane. But they're like, oh yes, uh, yeah, right. Neil Zarastrup is just like I'm in France. Uh, right. my daughter, my granddaughter, she is uh, born. Broken right, like Niels Astrop is like fucking Belgian, speaks Little French glass. fluently, and meanwhile he's giving like a fucking Garofalo performance. <laughs> hey, Garofalo's great in Red. Yeah, she is, but like that's part of the heightened reality <laughs> yeah, of that yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, so uh, captured by two German boys, one of whom is the literal fuckboy from the reader. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, guess what? They love this. They want to fuck this fucking horse. <laughs> they they just fought this terrible battle with the Brits and like you know mowed them all down with yeah. guns and then their first thought is like check this. I like that. That's the thing that everyone can agree on during a war is like this one horse. I really want to fuck it. Is that the metaphor? Is like you know what? I don't even, think it's a metaphor. <laughs> well, right. Even in war, like we're all gonna want to fuck the same horse. Like there's always gonna be things that unite us as people, like as as a as a race of humans. You know, as a species. This is the human condition. <laughs> is that we want to fuck this fucking this one hot horse? horse. And to a lesser extent, that other horse that's also pretty cute. You almost feel like if the horse could talk, this movie could become less Estrada. Yes, yes. Like the horse could just be like, no one fucks me until the war stops, (laughs) and the war would stop immediately. Um, We should also note that, yes, at this point, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's black stallion horse also is sort of in the action as, like, horse number two. Mm -hmm. And it's like a love triangle. (laughs) Yeah, because Joseph Cross is like... I love both of these horses. They're good horses. Yeah. And the German guy's even like, hey, you, you're good with the horses. You keep the horses. Yes, yes. And he's like, can my brother help me with the horses? He's like, what? No. Like, it's crazy that one person would be in charge of the horses. But like, He gets to go to the front. Right. The Black Stallion is kind of the Julia Roberts to Joey's uh, Cameron Diaz, and the entire human race is Dermot Mulroney. Okay. Okay. Now I'm following you. You right. know? Okay. Who's Rupert Everett? Uh... Uh, Nas Astro. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so they now they have the horse. So yeah. now there's like a German horse drama. Right. The, this is where the movie, I'm just like bored out of my they, mind. This I, is where I, the horse becomes a traitor, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, by the way, no one ever court-martials this horse for fighting for the Germans. Right. And starts selling <laughs> secrets, too. The horse is like, yo, Loki. We oh. should also mention that the horse has a little bandana. Yeah. Cute. What do you think? A little bit of flair. I do not remember this. Jeremy Irvine like puts a bandana on the horse. Yeah, I was like, definitely asleep. That's my special bandana for you. Right. So the so you can track the horse in the movie. So he knows which one to fuck. Right. The brown one. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the Germans hide out in a, a white sock. White sock. Uh. Big Chicago. Yeah. The uh, Germans. So the, one of the Germans is fourteen, and he doesn't want his younger brother to. You know, the older one doesn't want Joseph Cross doesn't want the fourteen year old to go to the right. line. So instead, he's like, "We're gonna run away." Guess what? On these two horses to Italy, 
hide out in a windmill. We're going to hide out in a windmill just for the night with the horses. Makes no goddamn sense talk at all. Talk about sex a lot. Yeah, let's talk about all the fucking we're going to do. But also, like, weirdly imply that all Italian women are fat. Right. Which, like, come on, man. It's like 1914. Everyone's skinny. Yeah. There's not a lot of food. Yeah. Um, they also wrestle a bunch. It feels yeah. like they're just trying to fuse the sexual tension of both them wanting to fuck this horse. <laughs> like, they're like, let's talk about um, uh, women. Yes, women. Uh, and then they get they, and then they get executed. Yes. Like, like that. And is this the moment where you see that from the horse's eye? Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you see it reflected in the eye of the horse. Yep. I want the entire movie to be like reflected that way. (laughs) That'd be great. What if it was literally only shot from what the horse is seeing, but you only see the reflection in the eye? The first HOV movie. (laughs) Horse of you. Uh, I would give the movie five stars. Right. It would be a masterpiece. Yes, it would be a good movie. Uh, But I would call it from the eye of a horse. Right. Yeah, horse eye. Yeah. Horse eye. (laughs) So, okay. Yeah. All right, so now the horse is free, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then the horse goes to live on a farm right? with a French guy who makes jam. But first of all, let's not breeze past this pilot. What would Wanda Sykes the horse be saying in this German sexual tension <laughs> windmill section of the film? I'm not going to do another Wanda Sykes impression. <laughs> yeah, it's not making pilot do Wanda Sykes impression. It's a little racist. I really was annoyed. You're the one who picked Wanda Sykes. <laughs> it's true. Don't say that. I didn't give you an actor. Let's see how mad he got. Um, Make the horse drive, uh, fucking Jeremy Irons for all I care. I did like, I was a little annoyed that Blackish is not spinning off Wanda Sykes. Just because I want Wanda yeah, Sykes to no, have definitely. her own show again. As a horse. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, so now the horse lives. On a f- on a jam farm, yeah, with a jam man na- played by Neil Zarastra, <laughs> <laughs> who had just been in the uh, Prophet. Which it's is like great five in. different yeah. movies. It's yeah. Really, it is five movies. Yes, it is. And we are in movie four now. Right, the jam movie. And he, <laughs> yeah, each movie feels like Baby Spielberg. Each movie is yeah, like here's not- Spielberg trying to say something about the human condition. Oh fuck, I only have twenty five minutes to do it. Right, let me do the most movie I possibly can in twenty five minutes, and then thus the movie's still gonna feel super long, but also completely lacking in anything. This is like the Michael Bay movie of Steven Spielberg movies because I would he's love doing to have someone as on much. who likes this movie because I'd love to have it explained to me because yeah, this is my problem with it. I kind of get it. Like it's so classical, it's so sincere, it's yeah. so straightforward. I understand how one could like this movie. But it feels like Spielberg is overloading everything at every moment. I agree. Like I mean, every character is explaining what the horse means. I think it's marketed to people who are fans of war movies and also fans of bestiality. I think that's yeah, right. like the best Venn diagram. Which is right. about $79 million in the box office, apparently. <laughs> so, apparently. you know. Right. All right. The jam man. Yeah. Uh, he makes jams. Yeah. His daughter's got brittle bones. Granddaughter. Her Granddaughter. parents are dead. Sorry, her parents died resisting the war or yes. something. I don't know. Um, we don't really know. Right. And the guy's like, I'm a coward. I didn't fight. And it's like, man, you're an old man who makes jam. Like, <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you supposed about? to do? Germany occupies France right now, at least the northern part. Like, come right. on. Like, what's he supposed to have done? He's looking after a nice girl. Uh, what's her name? Uh, untitled Netflix uh, horse mystery. <laughs> <laughs> And then 
it's just 20 minutes of this shit. And she just I don't wants, know how else you, what else do you say she about it? She wants to it? ride the horse and he's like, don't she wants ride to that ride horse. the horse. He's like, it's a bad idea. And she, he, she, the Germans come steal all their gym. Okay, so I had checked out so far in this movie at this point that I did not know she had like brittle bone syndrome. Yeah. I thought like her grandfather was really protective of that horse. <laughs> it was just like, I don't want you near my horse. I don't want you hurting that horse. Yeah, I did not know it was like a medical get reason. your butt <laughs> off of the horse. Because it's like she is like I discovered these horses in the windmill. <laughs> Cahote much? Uh, like her first joke is like, hey, oh yeah, right. She makes a Don maybe Quixote they read joke, Don Quixote. Right, right. It's like, okay, fine. And there's nothing else Terry to say. Gilliam. Neil Armstrong's a good actor. Yeah, he's fine. He had I like guess. just won the New York Film Critics Circle he's in a Award prophet two years ago. He's right, fantastic. He, he got the it. surprise yeah, Critics yeah, yeah. Award, and then the day after, Spielberg was like, "I cast him." Yeah, Warhorse. Like it fell into this category of like someone discovers like an actor of another nationality, gives him a key supporting part, and Spielberg's like, "I've grabbed him." Yeah, yeah. Like, He'll it's be like, grandfather. Right, right. It's like Kumar Palana in the Terminal. Right. Uh, uh, what's his pants in Munich? Yes. Yeah, Michael Lonsdale or whatever. His name. Yes, anyway. and uh, Almeric and all of them. Yes. Right. So, um... Guy pops in a foreign film. The whole Germans come and take the horse. Like, what else am I supposed to say about this? Right. They, they, you know the horse isn't going to live on Jamland forever. Right. He finally lets the girl ride her horse on her birthday. And, like, when she does, the Germans she take the horse. She just dies. Her bones <laughs> just break completely. I thought it was going to be Casper. The first time I saw this, I thought it was going to be the setup where, like, Casper just wants the sled. He finally gets the sled. He gives himself hypothermia and he dies. Is that how Casper dies? Yeah, Casper's the most fucked up movie of all time. I have seen Casper. Okay, the first half of the theaters. movie, Casper can't remember how he died. And Christina Ricci won't stop asking him. And she's like, how did you die? And he's like, I don't fucking know. And then they uncover his father's basement where the father died trying to build a machine to bring people back to life through a magical potion and a Rube Goldberg series of like contraptions. Uh-huh. And then through that machine, they uncover his secret bedroom where it all comes back to him. And the story is that Casper wanted a sled more than anything. And every day he's begged his dad for the sled and he never got it. And then one morning he woke up and the sled was there and he was like, dad, why do you give this to me? And he's like, because you're such a nice boy. And he went out and had the most fun he had ever had in his life riding the sled, then got hypothermia and immediately died. His father went mad trying to bring him back to life. And Casper now lives alone in a house with three bully ghosts who fuck with him day in and day in. Yeah, who are they? Is this just a cautionary tale against asking for gifts? Yes. He's too nice and he got punished for that. They're his fucking cousins who moved in with him after they died. Yeah. And now he's just obsessed with Christina Ricci and wishes that he could be with her, but he can't. Because she's a ghost and she has a crush on a human boy. And at the end of the movie, she they get together the material for one fucking life potion. But they have to spend it on Bill Pullman because he gets drunk with the ghost and falls down a sewer. <laughs> I do remember that. I also remember that when the ghosts eat, it just falls through them into like a Correct. pile of food on the floor. And then Christina Ricci's mother, who's also dead but is an angel because ghosts can become angels if they no longer have unfinished business says to Casper, because he did a selfless thing, yeah. he can be human for one hour. Right, Cinderella he kisses rules. Christina Ricci. He's Devin Sawa. He kisses her. Right. They levitate, and then he goes back to being a ghost. Pilot, opinions on Devin Sawa. Okay. Fucking love Devin Sawa. I just, for Mostly some reason, in, I knew that was Well, gonna, okay, yes. because he's in the Eminem video, and he plays Stan. Like, how can you not love Devin Sawa after that? He does play Stan, who murders Dido. The yes. original Stan. <laughs> I would say his best roles are the Stan video and then Casper, which apparently I have to rewatch, and then that's it. What about Idle Hand? 
That feels eh. like a real I mean, teen pilot. Movie. Yeah, but that's more like Jessica Alba, not like Devin Sawa. He's like, Ugh. yeah. I just I snuck into. I just remember hands. the like garage door scene where someone gets crushed. Yeah. Or yeah. Well, also that happens in Scream as well. A lot of garage doors crushing people. Were really afraid of garage doors in the nineties. All right. What about Wild America? Do you remember that? Is that with lions? It was like it was a like a boy buffet movie. It was like I think Devin Sawa wasn't a uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. 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 Yes. Okay. And and one Scott of, Bairstow. He was the third one. Yeah. I thought it was one of the uh, the Lawrence brothers. That was basically uh, just like sponsored by J14 magazine. No, yes. that's it. That's it. It's Francis just Fisher. it's just them in the wilderness meeting animals. Going, hello, how do you I'm do, reading, Mr. Bear? So, by the way, it's um, the cast list is here, and everyone's name is given, except for Zach Ward as DC. This is written in the Wikipedia page. Who's really more of a punk affiliate rather than a friend of the Stouffer Brothers? He just likes to get involved with them over matters that involve danger. I don't know who wrote that. <laughs> I'd love to meet him. I know who wrote that. The director of Wild America. <laughs> William Deere? Yes. All right. Who also directed Harry and the Hendersons? All right, War Horse. War Horse. So they steal horse from Jam Man. Right. <laughs> and then it's meanest time for the horse. Now now people are not being nice to the horse. After people who wanted to fuck the horse for a while. The horse now, never gave it up. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Credit to the horse. Yeah, now this is such now a movie. Now a fat German guy falls in love with the horse and is like, but he's his job is just to tie horses to artillery and they have to like drag the artillery. But this is like the men's right section of the movie where it's like all these horses are all the people are like this horse is a fucking prude hasn't given That's to anyone true. barely fights in the war true like it doesn't just, fight in the war it's just baiting well, us it was in one charge I guess this yes. horse is baiting us mm-hmm. and the one I mean guys, just look at the way the horse is dressed yes <laughs> like those Naked. white socks the entire fucking movie <laughs> except for those white socks, socks though <laughs> um so the horse I then the horse well the horse runs away yeah right I don't know the horse. There's another 20 minutes of this shit. Run straight into barbed wire. Oh yeah, no, fuck that scene. So this I hated is clearly that so much. what trip pilots. Yeah. Uh, no, I know. almost stopped watching. So it's a rough scene. So my guess is when the puppet does this, it's a little different. But in the real movie, the horse yeah. like escapes from its German captors mm-hmm. who are going to tie it to some artillery. Yeah. Runs away, and you're like, "Go, horse, go!" Runs into like no man land. This is during the Battle of the Somme. So like four years have passed. Yeah. So I guess horse lived with Jam Man for a while. Yes. All right. And then gets caught in some barbed wire, and then and then he just keeps going into more barbed wire over and over. Like this is not a smart horse. Like it's clearly a really stupid horse. It's a good call. Not a smart horse. No. Like you can't go to war if you like don't understand how barbed wire works. This is a horse who's been in war for four years and still doesn't know how barbed wire works. And it's World War One, which is the barbed wire war. It's also a fucking turncoat. Like can't pick a side. Well, okay. So here's the thing. None of this movie's been plausible, right? Right. None of it has been remotely plausible. Toby Kebbell sees like a, a like a glimpse of this horse, basically just a mound, you know, just like a shadowy figure on no man's land. Yeah, can't he wants to fuck the horse so bad <laughs> that he climbs into no man's land into like the the front of the German guns just to get a look at this horse. Yeah, that's all that happens. Like, here's how it should go. Toby Kebbell's like, looks like there's a horse up there, and his commanding officer is like. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, they don't even like think a, it's a horse like, at first. Yeah, first they're like, is that a guy? And they're like, no, it's a horse. And he should be like, and he's like, well, well if it's a horse, we gotta get it. Well, you see, why yeah. would you go get it? You see this long run of Joey running through uh, a barbed wire fence after barbed wire fence. It's a little bit like the sideshow Bob Ray routine, <laughs> where any direction Joey turns and walks into another barbed wire fence. And then Joey's lying on the ground, right? Writhing in pain, fade to black. 
Right. And that's like the first time Spielberg's really done something like that in the movie. That's the, the end movie. of the first act. Right. Right. <laughs> now there's four hours left in the movie. Mm. And then when it fades up, it's Toby Kebbell in the foxhole with the periscope. Oh, someone's moving out there. What is it? Oh, it's a horse. Oh, God damn it. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to. I'm definitely going to go look at this horse. Right. And then and the Germans are like, what's he doing? Looking at a horse? Shoot him. Well, okay. So I think this is the one good section of the movie. I hate this. Oh, I like God. This. I hate this. No, I can't believe you like this. I like this. So then a German comes out and he's, and then like they meet at the horse and the, he's like, looks like a horse. And the German's like, yeah, it's a horse. They Everyone the, comes together over the fucking horse. Right. They cut yeah. the horse free and then they're they like, they make out with the horse. They literally both of them are like, now I get to fuck the horse. And they, yeah. Flip a coin over who gets to fuck the horse. Right. Eiffel Tower. They try to be civil. <laughs> the specific I want to throw out A-frame. is when the, the German calls for more uh, bolt cutters, wire cutters, yeah. and it's like they throw 20. <laughs> yeah. They really want to fuck I think the horse. this scene is the <laughs> movie that Spielberg wanted to make. Sure, that's arguable. I think this is a movie. Nah, the Hiddleston stuff is, to me, what the movie should be. See, I think this is a movie where, like, Everything the movie's trying to do in two and a half hours is negated by the fact that it sums up all of its themes in one eight-minute section. Right. Um, and its themes are wars, silly, and... Horses are cool. Yeah, we should just Let's focus on like the things horses. that unite us rather than, you know, divide like us. horses. And that's how right. the war ended. Like, that scene ended the yeah. war. Yeah, right. But this is also... There was this great horse. <laughs> this is the only scene in the movie that's conversational. It's the only scene where the characters, everything they're saying. What about the time those two German brothers talked about how fat Italian women are, guys? I'll give you that. Yeah. But I'm just trying to forget that scene. But, like, this is, they're squabbling over how to cut the horse free. They're not talking about what the horse no, represents. It's a cute scene. It's the one sequence of the movie <laughs> yeah, that isn't, like, like, super fucking on the nose. Yeah, but then the horse gets up and they're like, quite a horse. And they say a lot about the horse. And then he says war horse like 12 <laughs> he times. He says, in a row. sure is a war horse. But I even just think, I think that moment where Kebble gets out from the foxhole, goes to the front lines, cuts the horse free, and then you slowly in the background of the shot see the German appear from the fog and expect, like, Schonerman. He's going to get caught, right? Yeah. His humanity, his empathy for this horse has fucked him over. And the other guy's like, so don't cut that. And he's like, what? He's like, it will snap back this and that. Yes, you and must cut this part of the horse. Two men trying to ignore the war the at hand and just talk about the horse. And I find this a little, I feel a little effective. And at some point during all this, there's also the scene where Jeremy Irvine's back. He's in the that war happens now. happens right after they cut the horse. Right. And then they, they, like, they invade the German trench and then they get like attacked with gas. Yes. And Jeremy Irvine's simpleton friend gets gassed to death. Right. Irvine survives, but he's blinded. Temporarily. It's, this yeah, is the other like part I was confused day. about. Right. Because I like, I remember the like barbed wire, and then suddenly he was blind. I didn't realize something happened in between that because I was just like, fuck this, I'm no longer watching this movie. Right. The well, the barbed wire is And tough. then suddenly he's blind. There's a gas attack, but it's just one day blindness. Yeah. So that he can accurately describe like the horse's like entire body in this scene where the horse is now, like the war is over. Right. And the horse is in like a horse hospital with their people. It's in a people hospital, a vet. I guess. Well, but there's no vet. Like it's just in the the people hospital. And then two more people fall in love with the horse. Yeah. Eddie Marson oh, and Liam Cunningham. Yeah. Can I, can I say one more thing about the barbed wire sequence before we no, fully move no. on? No, 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 it's because upsetting. this is important. This is important. This uh -huh. is important. I think uh a thing that worked against the movie was like this was um one of the like most humane animal films ever made. They didn't put the horse in any actual dangerous situations. And anytime the horse is in danger, it's either CGI or like 
the best fucking animatronic ever created, you can fall down a YouTube rabbit hole of watching the animatronic test for the horse, which is, they're unbelievable. It's like the best robotics that have ever been made. And so the whole barbed wire sequence is a robot horse that they pulled off so well that it's uncomfortable to watch. Like, it's a weird, like, uncanny valley that they actually conquered. So that if the horse looked more fake, that would be less upsetting to watch because you'd accept it as, like, movie magic. But the way it is, you're just watching it the whole time. You're like, what do they have to put this horse through? Look, the horse is... Not just the character, but the actual horse on set. But they actually didn't do any of that. Okay, fine. I don't care. I just think that's interesting, especially because at the time we're recording this, it's a week after a dog purpose came out. (laughs) Then maybe I'll just speak for myself. But watching it in theaters the first time, I was like, Jesus Christ, they had to fucking like to make this horse cry this much. We'll get to I didn't see this film in theaters. I saw it on a plane. I went to the fucking premiere of this film. Wow. I saw this horse. (laughs) There's a horse there. Yes. Walk the red carpet. (laughs) Clop, 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 clop. Uh, they premiered this film at Lincoln Center where in the theater where Workers the Play happened. And Spielberg like gave like a 15 minute speech before the movie. Jesus. And uh, yeah, it All was right. weird. Good for you, Stevie. Yeah. Clinton was better. He introduced his cast as the players. He said, I had a great company in this movie. I'm in- excited to introduce the players. So the, the 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 horse they like the horse <laughs> they love the horse. And I like that when he describes the horse, it's basically like a fifteen year old boy who memorizes centerfold. <laughs> yes, it is. That is exactly how it sounds. Yeah, he's got like a divot in his head and white socks, and God knows what else he says about this horse. He's got this little tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna shoot the horse, right? Yeah. And yeah. then he's blind, but he starts whistling, and then they reconnect. Right? No, it's not forget. He goes like. Like As that. you just do randomly. <laughs> right. So you're like, oh, this is what the movie's about. about so he's reunited with a horse, but then we got one more auction scene where Jam Man returns to be like, I bid all my jam for the horse. Has walked here a from life his, of jam. his windmill in France? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And Jeremy Irvine, and like then he buys the horse. He paid 100 pounds for the horse. He says, The horse immediately walks to Jeremy Irvine, yeah, which is yeah, a dick move. They're bidding now, like, Kebbles at the auction. Right. Marzen's at the auction. <laughs> a, a recited Irvine is at the auction, right? right? Right. So it's like all our favorite friends are back trying to buy this horse. And, uh, and it's like bidding like, oh, 20, 30, 40. And Alstrap just comes in and is like 100. Yeah. Like, and, he goes crazy. And he gives a whole speech. He's like, and if you do not, like, let me, I will spell my farm and it'll be a thousand, my all my jam. Right. Wait, I want to know the, like, current, like, U.S. equivalent of how much they paid for this horse. Yeah. Oh, can you Because I want to know if it's worth it or not. What's a hundred guineas? Uh, David's looking it up. But uh, he buys the horse and is very adamant about, like, I'm not giving up this horse. I bought this horse for my granddaughter. I know this horse so well. I heard legend of this horse. I came all the way here just to buy this horse. I got here within three days of hearing this story. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and I bought it for my granddaughter. And they were like, oh, what's your granddaughter do? And he's like, she's dead. I, I'm sorry. I'm really trying hard to find this for you. Yes. Um, and Jeremy Orvine, it, it's like, you know, I, I know you want this horse. Maybe you spent time with this horse, but this is my horse. You know, maybe you rode this horse in war, but this is my horse. And Eddie Marzen's like, this boy didn't ride the horse in war. He trained the horse. This is his horse. He didn't train him very well. No. And then Nalz Ostrap is like, oh, okay, never mind. Here's the horse. Okay, can we rewind for a second? Yeah. When did this girl die? Okay, she died off screen. Yes. And the implication is of a broken heart. Yeah. I believe. Not a broken bones. He says the the war took everything. A hundred pounds in 1918 
6,250 pounds now. It's a lot of yeah. money. It's like $10,000, $9,000, yeah. yeah. So 30, 30 pounds is about $2,000. Wow. That's too 2, much for a horse. Sorry. Sure, sure. Uh, it's a lot of money. I don't, how much does a horse cost? I mean, a horse is actually a bit expensive. But like, I don't know. I feel like if you just want to fuck a horse, like you can find a cheaper one. Yeah. Apparently, a horse costs about, no, that's how much it costs to own a horse, which is about $2,000. Because you need a stable, you need hay. Yeah. I can go on. Well, there's that famous, <laughs> there's that famous phrase, the famous phrase, don't buy the horse when you can have its cock for free. <laughs> and this movie doesn't abide by that. Oh, my God. This movie is about man's folly. It's the exact opposite. They keep buying a horse. They, they never get the cock. They never get the cock. <laughs> That's true. Is that what the point of the movie is? Like, you can't buy this horse. You might try. You, it's just you can't buy love. That's the entire thesis. You have to earn it. You have to earn by it. By sending the horse to war. By, yes. By sending it to war. If you send your love to war, you are <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> neg. The ultimate nay, you might say. Yes. So is this just a... And then at uh, the end of the movie, it's like Jeremy Irvine gets the horse and... Right. Is this just a pickup artist movie? 20-minute, like, love scene. It's great. Is this just a pickup artist movie? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I right? think so. Yeah, that's why, that's why it was nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Jeez. Uh, War gets, Horse, we did it. He gets the horse back and the... That's it. At, 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 there's a sunset. Yeah, there's like a sunset and the two minutes of the horse's face. The just, most color. Yeah. The most music. The <laughs> yeah. most sun. The most horse. It's just everything at every moment. Horse. Horse. We've said horse thousands of times. <laughs> Literally thousands well, of times. Well, it's a war horse, ain't it? Do you uh, see how horse you're talking about? Yeah, this horse, Bender White. It's a war horse, I'd say. Are you done? A war horse. It opened number seven at the box office. We did this game for Tintin, so yeah. we can't do it again. We can't do the box office game. But we did horses. Right. right. So that that worked. Why would this is so boring. Like to shoot this even? He's yeah. just filming a horse for like <laughs> half a year. Maybe he wanted to film a horse. That's terrible. I wanna know Spielberg's like personal feelings on horses. Yeah, do you think he like fell in love with horses like later in life and that's why he suddenly like Maybe. this like Maybe it's like his, his midlife like, crisis was like that horse. Yeah, got, <laughs> that specific <laughs> horse. Yeah. Do you think he like said to his agent one day, he was like, hey, if anything crossed your desk with like horses in it, just let me know. That horse became like his Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what if he had ruined his career just making more vehicles for this horse? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, he's like, I don't know, man. I think Abraham Lincoln could use like a horse character People are like this horse is conclusively not a movie star he's like it hasn't gotten the right project yet ready player horse <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see uh, bridge of horse bridge of horses um three months of horse training before they shot the movie okay. oh my god the horse wrangling behind the scenes 280 though? horses were used in one scene um what do you think Crash Services was like? Do you think they had a bunch of apples and carrots? Ooh, an animatronic horse was used for the barbed wire. I said that. Yeah, yeah right. That's what I was saying. We weren't listening to you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you knew at the time. Yeah. <laughs> John Williams took uh, inspiration by visiting some horses. <laughs> just Christ. some horses. Jesus Christ. Yeah, just in California. 
You just went to see some horses. Just went up to a horse farm, like, "Hey, can I look at your horses for a bit?" And then they just they just made music in his head, in, I, his, in his brain. I cannot deal with the score to this film. It's really. bad. I think the main theme is kind of lovely. Yeah. I think listen, I there were it's I was. Pretty bad. I'll make a confession. I was playing a lot of cell phone games while watching this movie on my couch, <laughs> and I could pretty much visualize every shot by listening right. to the score. What cell phones games were you playing? Come on. I'm playing a game called Disney Emoji Blitz. <laughs> you have to match emojis with Disney characters. And if you do, they become happy emojis. And if you don't, they become sad emojis. That sounds really bad. And we're recording this in January, which means they have a special event going on, which is the Mulan Chinese New Year <laughs> event. So Mulan and Mushu have double powers. I played uh, a game called Bubble Witch Saga 3 for a while. But I hate that. It wasn't enough of a saga. I oh. was playing uh, Restaurant Story 2 when I was watching this movie. Okay, cool. Yeah. We, this is a real cell phone game. Yeah, movie, it's right? a real cell phone You only need to like look up every 30 minutes and know what's happening. Yeah, I just saw a triple X, which like, I wish could, you know, I should have seen that at home playing with my cell phone. Uh, well, that's wrong. It's a masterpiece. We will cover it on our miniseries, The Films of Vin Diesel. DJ Caruso. It's a DJ Caruso joint. I want to do the franchises of Vin Diesel as a miniseries. I don't know about that. How many horses are in Triple X? Zero. Doesn't sound like a real movie. Agreed. Agreed. But I mean, come on. Come on. Donnie Yen hung like a stallion. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I got no opinion on Donnie Yen's genitals. I got an opinion. But I think he's great otherwise. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I feel like, yeah, we've run out of steam. Right? Pilot, like, that's yeah. it, right? Pilot, what do you want to talk about? Let's <laughs> pick some topics. No, I want to keep talking about horses. Okay. Like, there was not one single shot of a horse erection in a two-and-a-half-hour movie about horses, which I feel like is false. Yeah. There's always a lot of horse erections on horse farms. Yeah, Freddy Got Fingered is one of the few movies that covers that correctly. Yes. If you want to talk about Freddy Got Fingered, I can do that. I would love Ooh. to. It's one of my absolute favorite movies. Not surprising. It's a real pilot movie. David, where do you stand on Freddy Got Fingered? Saw it uh, when it came out. 2001? Uh, yes. Uh, was disturbed. Have not seen it again. Ben, where do you stand on Freddy Got Fingered? I like rewatched it recently, <laughs> yeah. and I was sort of surprised. I mean, it's great. I loved it when it first came out. I was sort of surprised of like, this is fucking disturbing. It's very It's strange. really disturbing, but it's also really funny. I, I mean, but like the sense of humor, like it's still like my wheelhouse. Just absurd, I gross, rewatched- like- Go so ahead. Good. I rewatched the Bum Bum song, which when uh-huh. I was 13, I thought was the funniest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. And I was like, you're like looking at my watch. I was literally like, all right, we get it. You put your bum on things. Rip Torn <laughs> showed up and did that movie. To get drenched in elephant cum. Yeah, like all the gross things. Yeah. Rip Torn hey, goes for it. I hey, like that You movie. know, Rip Torn ro- almost robbed a bank one time. I did know that. And then it turned out the, the defense was that he thought he was in his home. <laughs> yeah. And apparently every time he walks into his home, he takes out a gun and says, give me all your money. <laughs> that was truly the defense in court. <laughs> Held up. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, Freddy Got Fingered. Uh, Freddy G- Got Fingered I have seen over 100 times. <laughs> That's a lot of times. In my defense, at one point, uh, my roommate was doing a stop motion film for her film class, and Freddie Got Fingered was on in the background, so she had to keep rewatching it and rewatching oh. it, and it was like the best day of my life. <laughs> um, there is a moment in Freddie Got Fingered where Tom Green is driving down the road, and he sees a bunch of farmers trying to make the horse erect so they can extract its semen. Yes. He stops his car, yes. pulls over, gets out, grabs the horse cock, the erect horse I penis, remember. wiggles it about and goes, whoa, whoa, it says whatever Tom Green thing. Yeah. And there's a close-up of the horse's penis in his hand. It is not fake. Yep. And then he gets back in the car and the movie continues. Yep, that's true. 
You Which is like... basically the plot of War Horse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, that's good. That is... Yeah, that's a good ending spot that's there. The, they could have included that as the making of War Horse on the DVD. If Tom Green was in this movie, I'd give it an extra star. Yeah. Yeah. As it is, three stars, could have used more horse. Is there a game we can play in lieu of the box office game? I know I you know. said the horse thing, but what's what would be... Fun... What would be... You know what? It would be... My voice is dying. What would be a fun, like, horse-related game? Okay. Pilot... Because he's talking about? I don't know. Pilot... I'm going to give you an animal. Like, you're going to actually give me an animal? Yes. Sweet. If you win this game. Okay. The game is, I'm going to name an animal, and you tell me what talking animal franchise you would construct around that animal. Fucking. Okay? Sure. Okay, so you have to figure out, like, what's the right setting for that? We usually play improv games on our podcast. I know, but I feel like this is going to really... I, I know it sounds like I'm putting you on the spot. But what I'm trying to do what is... What the fuck? Just say it. Jesus. <laughs> okay, Flamingo. Um, I think it would definitely be a gymnast. Cool. And oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and it would be just like this little teen flamingo gymnast trying to make it to the Olympics, but then turns out she has eating disorder. It oh, gets wow. real dark in the okay. middle. Okay, so the whole film, the flamingo's a good gymnast. That's not the struggle. It's not an underdog no. story. It's about is the, there a mean mom? It's, it's self-acceptance. Oh, there's always a mean mom. It's, it's self-acceptance. And the mother probably had an eating disorder as well, right? Yeah. And unconsciously passed it along to the daughter just through her, like, micro, like, aggressions and, and her actions. Do you guys remember The Devil Inside? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Just looking at the other movies, War Horse went up against the box the, office. It was the found footage movie with the woman with the lip. Yeah, she had a little cross in her lip. Yeah. It was the a poster was her, like... Oh, yeah. One of those Catholic horror movies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pilot, uh, what franchise would you build... A round, a parakeet. Definitely a rapper. That's uh, <laughs> also true. Okay, now in this world, are there a lot of animal rappers, or is this parakeet existing, trying to break into the human rap world? Sunbeck, it's basically 8 Mile, but uh-huh. the parakeet is Eminem, and then all the other parakeets happen to be black. Okay. And he just has to go up against him and prove his worth as a parakeet. Okay, so it's about uh, parakeet prejudice. Yes. Parakeet on parakeet prejudice. Sure. Okay, grasshopper. <laughs> Enough. I like this. I don't. Really? Okay. <laughs> Contraband. That was another movie. That movie did weirdly well. Uh, that was about Mark Wahlberg tying money to his tummy. I used to have a hot take on that movie, and I totally forgot it. I remember sitting in the theater and being like, this movie's a six, but I think there's a good take on it. Underworld Awakening. Yeah. I apparently did not go to the movies this year. The Grey. Did Which you see the Grey? Is that the wolf one? Yeah, yeah. Liam no, Neeson and Howard Wolves. It. Really wants to fuck those wolves. That movie's really good. Uh, Chronicle, The Woman in Black. Andrew, do you remember that in Chronicle? Uh, vaguely. When Dane like DeHaan goes bad, the other guy just keeps on yelling at him as Dane DeHaan's flying in the sky, shooting lightning bolts everywhere. He just keeps going, Andrew, <laughs> like it's uh, like, stop it, Andrew. Still, um, still think The Woman in Black sequel should have been called The Woman Back in Black. <laughs> and is that that's the end of the podcast? Come on, Great. wrap it up. Uh, Pilot, thank you so much for being here. Where can people follow your work? Um, advice. <laughs> <laughs> you go to advice.com and search for Pilot. I'm probably the only one there. Also on Twitter, Pilot Bacon. Yep. Pilot uh, Bacon. Is, is Pilot Inspector Riz D. Lee no longer working advice? No, we fired him because it could only be one. Okay. <laughs> uh, I met him once. No. Yes. He's my enemy. 
Really? Yes. Because of the name? Yes, exactly. This, I was here first. This is the son of uh, Jason Lee. Oh, I'm aware of who Pilot Inspector and Lee Beth, is. And uh, yes. Risecraft. Yeah. And I did a uh, unaired uh, pilot with her. Mm. And she was a, an incredibly nice woman. Yep. Uh, had a really nice time working with her. Yep. Um, and uh, one day we were sitting at the cafeteria together having lunch. Yeah. And she said, like, oh, my son's on set today. You want to meet my son? I said, sure. And she brought him over and she said, this is Pilot Inspector. And I had, like, failed to put together the entire time that she was the mother of Pilot Inspector Rizgraf Lee. Um, and I, I had such a hard time fucking talking to him. It's very hard to, like, have that be one of your go-to joke references. <laughs> yeah. is just someone's name. And have to look them in the eyes and be like, you're a 12-year-old person. Hello, Pilot Inspector. Yes. And how is Pilot Inspector? Nice boy. Yeah. I could take him in a fight. Yeah, you he definitely probably could. could. He looks very gentle. <laughs> he has golden curls. Yes. Uh, sweet kid, though. Sweet kid. Sweet kid. Love you, Jason Lee. You're a weird Scientologist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, too bad. Remember that show where he played an Elvis impersonator and a cop? Uh, Memphis Blues? Correct. <laughs> All right. Great to have you, Pilot. Always the best. Thanks for talking about this hot horse. So angry. I feel like exhausted. <laughs> Good horse. It's a little hot in here. Yeah, it's a little it's hot. cold outside. It's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Thank you all. For, I see. I feel like I shouldn't even do this wrap-up because it's so... Everyone at this point is pl- like, please stop talking. Everyone at this point has just deleted this <laughs> okay, podcast. You try to do the wrap-up, David. Thanks, everyone, for coming. Talking about that walkable horse. Sorry Joey for my the horse. voice. Yeah. Joey the hot horse. Uh, thank you for being with us, pilot. And as always... Uh, keep fucking that horse. <laughs> I don't know. That'll do, David. Yeah, that'll do, horse. That'll do. I mean, I'll say, David, I was really dreading this episode, and then you now have given it a read that I find it in. Uh, what, that, that I, everyone wants to fuck the yeah, horse? Yeah, that's the only way the movie makes sense. Yeah. Maybe, did people love horses that much in the... 19 teens. But they don't pay attention to any other horse in the movie. They don't care that people are dying. No. <laughs> they just care about the goddamn horse. Have you seen this horse, though? <laughs> it's fucking hot. I'll say this. War Horse has the shortest uh, quotes page I've ever seen on Nine to Be. What is the quote? Quotes? It's, it's six just horse quotes. noises. It's six quotes. I've never seen this. Joey, horse noises. Yeah. <laughs> One of the quotes is, well, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Another quote is, be brave, be brave. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The biggest international festival for the business of podcasting is back. The Podcast Show London will bring together thousands of podcast creators under one roof on the 22nd and 23rd of May. Also featuring major industry players, global brands and some of the most iconic voices in podcasting. Plus creator meetups, networking and an evening festival of unmissable live shows. 
passes from £89. Book yours now at thepodcastshowlondon.com. <laughs> <laughs> 